Welcome and thanks for listening. My name is Christian Buckley and you're listening to the Collab Talk podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with Kevin McDonald, head of practice for Modern Workplace at CPS and co-host of the Gray Hat Beard podcast on the topic of Microsoft Viva goals and the importance of shared objectives and key results. Well, welcome to another Collab Talk podcast. And we've got, this is the uh, uh, the second of our new series where monthly we're going to be talking about Microsoft Viva. And I've got Kevin McDonald joining me. And thank you for joining. Uh, not a problem at all. Once we got through all the technical, the technical games, yeah. we're working nicely. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's been a while since I had the blue screen. So it's good. Just to, it's a, it's a good way to let you know that you're still alive. Yes. You know, know, there's some good things from the old days. You know, we shouldn't say goodbye to all of them. Hopefully more bleed screen of death is is bad, but the occasional one to be nostalgic is good. I'm okay. Yeah. I mean, if if it's like maybe once or twice a year, I'm okay with that. Yeah. So Kevin, we're going to be talking today about Microsoft goals and Kevin is specific. I'll let him introduce himself, but we're going to be talking about really about how we can achieve purpose and uh, greater alignment, because that is, I love that that's the first sentence in the support do- documents for Viva Goals, achieve purpose and alignment. I'm like, okay, it's the Zen it's product. Zen. Yeah. Of the, <laughs> yeah. it, it should be Viva Zen. <laughs> oh, that is an idea. Uh, <laughs> let's, yeah. let's not have a rename quite yet. But... <laughs> so why don't you introduce yourself? So, uh, hello, my name's Kevin McDonald. I'm currently the head of practice for Modern Workplace at a, a Microsoft partner in the UK called CPS. Um, I'm also a Viva Explorer. I, I should, a big thank you to Sarah Fenno, who's given me a lovely badge that I should have put on if I remember just before this. And we're a collection of MVPs, including yourself, Christian, who's trying to share the uh, the why, the what, and the how of Microsoft uh, Viva on there. Uh, also an MVP, got my coat on as well, as yep, everyone seems to have at the moment uh, on there. So, uh, and the co-host of the Grey Hat Beard Princess podcast. So lots of community stuff, love going on there. And about 18 months ago, I heard a lovely announcement from Microsoft about this thing called Viva. Um, and it kind of sucked me in straight away because it's all about putting the employee in the middle. Uh, and since then, really, that's been a pretty heavy focus, both on the day job and the, the kind of community interest uh, more and more so as well. We know Collab Talk has been, besides doing the MVP interviews, um, you know, I always talk about you because that, that, that junction of technology and business and culture, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and the culture around collaboration. And most of my, uh, my guests it, it, it touch on that cultural aspect of collaboration. And so, I, I mean, I, I personally, I mean, I, when I, again, when Microsoft started talking about Viva the brand and whether we like that or not, or it's like Microsoft is, I I don't think has been on a win streak with product naming and other things, but (laughs) I'm fine with Viva um, as a category. I think when, when you realize it's a brand, I I think for the classical IT pros and things like that, who want a big chunk of technology, it's a harder thing to take on. But what, what really became clear to me 
is the number of business people, the number of uh, CEOs and that from organizations who'd heard about Viva, who come out, yeah, this is really exciting. They didn't need to understand what the technology was. It was what was trying to be achieved. And I think that's where it's won. And yeah, I, I have mixed feelings on how everything is now Viva, Viva sales. Yeah, I kind of yeah. get there. But when a brand resonates, that's the important thing. You can then put the technology underneath. Uh, and there's a bit of a gap there, but that's We, we that's think too about the, the space and what they're trying to do with it. I, and I think, I mean, honestly, I mean, I know that a lot of us, the MVPs, a lot of these, especially the Viva Explorers, were explaining a lot about what the vision of Viva is at large uh, and what the goals are. And the the, the concept of employee experience and looking at employee experience. Mm -hmm. One way that I phrase, and I don't think you and I have not talked about this, but uh, you know, for so long, having both of us coming from the SharePoint ecosystem uh, and, th and that yeah. world, so much of the content 10 years ago, uh, as I started doing events, speaking in events was around like keeping the servers up and running. It was so much like yeah. infrastructure, the systems, keeping the solutions live and performing and all those kinds of things. Sorry, Microsoft word, performant. You know, keeping them performant. <laughs> uh, but with all that uh, going on and, and there wasn't much content and help around why are we running SharePoint? Why are we building out um, our mm. uh, you know, collaboration and information management systems? And what does that actually open us up to do? And interesting enough is, is how does that then start to change, evolve the culture of collaboration, small C collaboration inside of our organizations? How does that impact how teams are working together, sharing information? And so... I love the topic of employee experience. And when Microsoft released their work lab blog site mm. and started uh, sharing the stories behind the directions that they're taking with the product, the why. And the evidence. Right. Well, the data yeah. behind that. Microsoft yeah. is a very data-driven product company. Absolutely. And so they, they, they justify most part they just can justify <laughs> the products i still think there's a there's a you know somebody straight out of college they joined the engineering team at microsoft and they think hey i could add this feature without knowing or, the 10-year history company of why we didn't build that or, feature. or big client says they want it and suddenly right. it happens it's the other classic which right. you know i guess that's a certain amount of data it's just a bottom line data Right. It's the, the financial data that might uh, yeah. inspire that. Yeah. Exactly, but I, exactly. but I, I love that more and more organizations are beginning to think about not just, hey, we have these tools, but how are they being used? Why are they mm -hmm. being used the way that they are? Is that the best way to use them? Um, we, we started down this path a bit with the digital transformation discussions. I don't know if you've still used that phrasing. But, it, we, but we it's do an important part of yeah. it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, because it's still, it, it's one of the things uh, as an MVP, as people connected with the very latest, it, it's always hard to kind of go back and realize the reality of what people are saying. And digital is still a powerful conversation, digital transformation. And it's, it's less about replacing bits of paper. We're not hearing quite so much about that. It's now about taking that culture, that digital culture and applying that to organizations and the way of thinking. Um, I hate to always bring it back to pandemic, but if we, you, you talk about that ways of working the work lab, and I think where Viva really erupted from is that 
some understanding that people were stuck at home, they were changing the ways of working, it got them thinking about things again, and what is important to people. We've seen that with the Work Trends Index, that people are starting to go, what is important to me? It's not just this organisation, it's the ways I can work, it's uh, am I getting support? Do I see a future? Do I see a careers framework and things like that? And you, you, you talked about people looking at the technology, I think actually, organizations are looking at the challenges that are being faced and then trying to work out what technology and where Viva is, it's talking about some of those challenges. Um, before we run out of time, I think we can come back to, to looking at with goals. And I think one of the challenges that there is the OKR is people don't feel that sense of purpose. They want to know when they come in on a Monday morning, what are they doing? How does that matter? And that might be to the wider world, you know, are they changing the planet? Are they looking at climate change? But it can be as simple as how do I know what I do matters to the organization and what my organization's actually trying to achieve? Do I even know what I'm trying to achieve? I love speaking to clients and going, yeah. okay, what's the vision of your organization? And this is kind of pause and a look around. Sometimes you hear a bit of clicking where they try and go on the website and find a five-year out-of-date strategy documents that, that's on there. But a lot of people just don't know what the organization is trying to achieve. And if they do, they don't necessarily know what they do, how that plays into that. And that's the kind of thing that makes people drift. You know, it's lovely to talk about great resignation and things like that. If you don't feel you have a sense of purpose, you don't feel committed to that and you don't feel you're playing into that. And that that's really what OKRs powered by Viva Goals are, are there to try and do. Have you ever worked for a company that was really strong on that, these kinds of OKRs and that kind of model? So um, I, I wouldn't say it's a whole company, but, and it wasn't necessarily called OKRs. I used to work in financial services, worked for the investment bank, Barclays Capital, and a new CIO came in. And before that, it was very well West. There's some really great people, but they were all heroes. They all worked very hard, working long hours, getting stuff done. But if you look to the whole thing, nothing was actually getting any further ahead. There was no measurement. And he came in and said, right, that did some, you know, came and chatted to people, trying to work out what the challenges were and said, right, there are seven key pillars that we're going to work on. Um, and to this day, I can't remember, I can only remember about half of them, but I remember virtualization was one. It was all about mm -hmm. moving off physical tin to reduce the, the dependency on this kit that was hard to purchase and things. He said, we got a problem. It takes too long to buy kit. It takes too long to provision new things. We've got to put in virtualization. So we're setting goals around that. Uh, service management was another one. So there was a big push towards ITSM, managing tickets correctly. It wasn't about knowing the person to call up. It was having a standard ticketing process. It was about going to speak to people. But he didn't just say these were the pillars. He gave measurements for each of those and said, this is what success looks like. Here's a three-year plan. Here's the numbers of what we have now. Here's what we're going to. And every time I speak to you, I'm going to share with you these numbers on there. Yep. And everything you do should roll up to these. And suddenly we're like, well, hang on, my project's got nothing to do with this. And there's this you know, lovely jumble where you realize that this thing you're investing time, whether it's your day-to-day -day job or whether it's kind of something you're doing to improve uh, stuff, just didn't fit. And you kind of went, right, either I stopped doing that project or 
I found out how this fits on those pillars. And yeah, there might be a little bit of kind of tweaking around with the objective, but I'd say, well, actually I'm doing this, um, I'm, I'm increasing the performance of this application, but by increasing that performance, I'm reducing the load and making it easier to move to a virtual server. And therefore it fits within the virtualization metrics. And I can mm -hmm. prove that previously I had this amount, now it's using this amount of CPU, therefore it's reduced the total um, impact to things. And you could justify what you were doing. And then as it went through those management chains, that alignment from top to bottom, they could go, yeah, that fits in this tick. Nice, easy measurement to prove that. And it, it, it caused a lot of angst at the beginning. It's it's fair to say. A lot well, of change is always like hard, that. you know, for that. And, yeah, and, and, it, it, and it doesn't replace, I think some confusion is it doesn't replace like the project management tools that no. go and track no. and all that. It's different than that, people. So I think that's where I see questions like, well, I'm already kind of duplicating that that effort. <laughs> and, and but but if I'm a, like my, I come from the world of the, like the first third of my career was in project portfolio management, that side of things. That was actually my mm. entry into collaboration, information management technology was through but project how, management. How many projects did you work on that you could say this fitted what the purpose of the right. organization but, was? So, but that's that. So that if you think about how those work together, and again, I've worked for a couple of companies that have been that structured that have used AK, OKR platforms. Uh, they call them something different. At Microsoft is called commitments. You know, your your personal yeah. commitments, your team, business unit, all the way up to the organizational commitments. But the uh, and how they would do that is part of that provisioning process, the setup, the establishment of a new project from the outset had to align with the OKRs, with what are the organizational goals? Like where does this actually fit? So yeah. to your point, I mean, I sometimes it gets in the daily grind you get lost is what am I actually doing? But how powerful that is when I can say, hey, I understand how the things that I'm doing on a daily basis with my projects, I can go trace that then through what our team and our organizational commitments are, those, those goals, the outline of what we're trying to accomplish, all the way up to what the CEO, those pillars, like, hey, this year, we're going to do these four big things. These are what we're chasing after. Here are the numbers around that. And to be able to trace that from me, the individual contributor at the bottom of the organization, all the way up through the org is incredibly powerful. Absolutely. And, and I think taking that further, the, the other thing I've seen in many organizations is there's all these aspirations of what they want to achieve. You know, they want to grow in this area. They want to expand their markets. They want to be on the cutting edge. And the reality is you can't do all these things not without sort of a lot of structure on there and you can drag people in lots of different directions so one of the other things with the okr framework is to provide that focus so you know we know we need to do that but right now this is the important thing this is what we're focusing on these are our organizational okrs and the, these are how they filter through to you because you should only be looking with the okrs at three to five at, at any one layer. So whether you're looking at the organization, department, teams within that, individuals should only really be looking at three to five. You're gonna have KPIs. And I, I've still about two thirds of the way through a lovely blog of the difference between KPIs and OKRs. You're still gonna be tracking other things. So you might have your service desk or how performance are our tickets, but you don't need an OKR if you're delivering on that. That's mm -hmm. fine. You're, you're kind of cracking on with that leave that to one side your okr is pushing you further towards what the current focus is so it could be or I mean, the automation could be an area you're looking at so yes you're doing that day-to-day -day, you're doing very nice of those tickets but actually 
there's probably a set of tickets within there that you shouldn't have to touch, that you should automate. And we're going to say that for this quarter, the aim is to do a set of projects that will be automated to that. And the focus of the organization that everyone targets towards that. And that's a really powerful way for, you talked about change being hard. That helps organizations change because it says, this is what we're changing towards. Whether you're somewhere like Netflix and the, the, one of the great books I love about OKRs is Measure What Matters by John Doerr. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he helped implement the OKRs for Google that has genuinely transformed things. And one of the stories that I love that he talks about is when they change YouTube from a per view to a per second achievement. So it wasn't the number of videos because they realized that people were kind of doing short videos and, and it was just very kind of bit up front and then there'd be nothing. And it was just completely pointless. They weren't seeing there. What they wanted to know is how much of a video were people watching, what the minutes watched. And they changed the whole of the YouTube team to say, right, our OKRs are to focus on this. So whether that's the marketing and how you sell this to people, whether that's the content creators supporting them, whether that's the development within the team, all their showed shared OKRs will focus on changing that. And that helped to change it all together, not individually, let's change the code, then we'll work with marketing, then we'll work with this. All of them had that movement together and it really provided that focus to people. So I, we, we talked a lot about you know, like the the why around this and uh how can organizations prepare for this this move like i i just shared this the experience of, of you know we, where it was built in with this project centric organization and they did a good job of aligning uh the the program management with the okrs and so that they were you know they had that upfront alignment so you know as you build that you're driving towards those corporate goals most companies aren't that wired that way. <laughs> how how can organizations prepare for this? I mean, being a consultant, the first thing I'd say is go and speak to a consultancy to come and help you with that. But before you get to that point, um, what, what I would get is to think about what your vision is. What is your strategy as an organization? I always uh, talk to many clients about this, of working out strategy. And I talk about uh, Satya Nadella when he came in as CEO. Um, and I should have had this written down because I can never remember it why, but it's mm-hmm. to empower every person on the planet um, to achieve more. And you kind of break that down. It's a simple statement, but it's got that kind of vision. It's that push of empowering uh, it talks about who it's every person on the planet and what are you trying to achieve it's that stretch of achieving more within there so you build out a statement of what you want to achieve whether it's across the whole organization or the departments you're looking to build out have a central statement there work out what your objectives are towards achieving that so you've got your central long-term vision what are your let's say annual objectives towards getting that and again think of those three to five items there that defines your org objectives, then how are you going to measure success of those? This isn't, we have delivered this project. I have many an argument with people saying, yeah, our objective is to deliver this project. No, no, your project is going to show success. When you've delivered this, something will have changed. You'll see a number have gone from one thing to another or kept a number at a certain rate. So define what that key result. Do you know, we haven't actually said what an OKR is, I've just realized. So an OKR yeah. is an objective key results 
on there because you've got an objective, a statement that you're trying to achieve that stretches people that thinks on there. You've then got a key result for those of you who've thought about SMART before, the specific, measurable, achievable, realistic time box. I know there's some slight variations on that, but generally on those five things, that's your key result. It's a specific number that can say, yes, I've done this or no, I haven't. I remember if I think back to my financial services day, it's, well, we want you to improve the processes within the team. What, the, what yeah. does that mean? How, right. how do you define that? Every year you get to the end of the year and go, yeah, they're improved. How yeah. can you improve it? Chat, I, chat, I, chat, you know, chat, chat. Kevin, great example. You, that's a great uh, distinction too. I used to ask, again, going back to the SharePoint presentations world, but I would ask this like, what is the purpose of, why are you deploying SharePoint? And they said, people say, well, to help people collaborate more. And I said, okay, you are correct. And also that's completely irrelevant, meaningless. It's a platitude. Yeah. Like we're all, everything we're trying to do is, is trying to collaborate. I installed new phones because I want people to collaborate better together. You know, it, it was yeah. like, so what are you actually, what are, what are you trying to achieve for the business? What are you trying to move forward with it is, is really what those, those goals are. Like, if you say something like, well, we have, uh, we're a project-based company and we produce um, 20 releases a year. And our goal is to get that to 25 releases a year. Well, there's something you can then go and break down and say, okay, what are the components of our process? What are the barriers to keeping us from doing more and moving faster that we can go and work on to improve? So I can improve efficiencies. I can reduce issues and errors, like in a support and operations environment. We want to reduce the number of tickets, but we also want to increase the speed at which we either the mean time to resolution MTTR. I lived Absolutely. by that for years. <laughs> we want to reduce the time it takes to complete tickets as yep. well, which will work towards uh, us delivering more of that product. And so it's getting and what, past the platitudes and yeah. talking about what are you actually trying to do for the business. And what I love about those examples there is you've put a set of measures. So it's not objective key results. Here's my objective. Here's the one measure. You're going to be looking at a few different things. So I think the example of the objective is to improve um, the adoption of our website. So you know, we want more people coming to a website. So you've got number of people coming to the website. But then you can look at the number of pages that each individual looks at, because then they're just not going to the home page. They dig right. into things. You can look at the percentage of pages that are viewed. All of these feed into different ways of looking towards the same objective and demonstrating right. success because you might you know? not be able because another important aspect of that is because in the in your example um there's time spent on the page there's number of how yeah. the depth of clicking that they go through the site you might not yeah. be able to change the number of people visitors to your site however you can change it with through the these other measures uh you can change then uh, you know, the success of those users that do reach your page. So that's why if, if you just put as your only measurement, um, that the top of the funnel, the number More of visitors. people in yeah. there, um, yeah. and you might look at, Hey, it was failed this year, but yeah, at the same time, like I had this argument, I helped a, a past company redesign the website, had an argument with the COO again and again and again, that the number of users visiting the new site dropped by about a third, but are, mm -hmm. uh, but the um, conversion rate, so the number of actions taken Great more example. than doubled. Yeah. So fewer yeah. people, but it, they were doing more. And so 
and I looked at that as a massive success. I said, you know, over time, we're going to do things that'll drive more people towards the site. But if we can maintain that doubling of the conversion rate, that's where we actually sell software. That's where we you know, sell our solutions. And so that's a great way for you to go in and look at, okay, what, what are all of the factors? And, uh, and there are different paths to success, depending on what those objectives are. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and if you think about those OKRs, that sits down at, at each layer. So you've got an objective at your organization. We talked about how you roll out, start with that organization, think about how that sits within each of those departments, cascade that down to each of the teams and then come down to that individual. And each of those will have measurements. One thing in this, this is going a little bit deeper on there, is don't think about those measurements being the same. So if you're talking about the website example, you could say at the top level, we want this number of users. And then maybe in this section for this department, we want this number of users and this section at this number of users. You're not actually changing anything there because those departments, there's going to be ways that they get more users there. So some of their OKRs will be deliver um, news or uh, content updates three times a week for example around these particular subjects now the point purpose of doing that is you feel there's more alive content people are going to come to your website more because they don't feel it's just boring and static on there they feel it's more big but the, the key is and not necessarily these exact examples but you're thinking about doing things that contribute to that top level measure you're not just trying to get more users at every single level because you're not changing anything at that point you're thinking about what are the activities that i'm going to do in my area now for larger organizations you're thinking so hang on we're going to have the organization's going to do this probably at the beginning of the year or beginning of the financial year that'll take them about a month optimistically then it'll go down to departments which will probably add another two months by the time metal management's added the fun with it it goes to the teams for another month so by the time it gets to the individual we're probably on to next year again and thinking about the next ones with okrs no you start with that top down and bottom up so you get those org departments out you get those departments to start thinking about that, uh, but you've shared those organizational objectives to individuals and they will start thinking about them routine. And yes, there's a bit of a jumble as you kind of align those different things, but it should happen quickly and you should change. You should uh, not necessarily change, but review those OKRs on a quarterly basis. Mm. And that gives you your focus. It's not looking for a whole year. You're looking to check in, understand where you are with those key results, providing feedback, looking at those every week and checking there. And that's what Viva Goals gives you is that kind of connection to do that. Yep, absolutely. You could do this in a spreadsheet. You could do this in a SharePoint list. You could create a, I, I did start doing it in Azure DevOps uh, as well. You could bring all those different things through. Where I find that Viva Goals gives you the magic is you can actually connect those key results into systems so those could be excel spreadsheets they could be jira it could be azure devops it can be a sql database please make it a sql database and not excel and things like that because you, <laughs> you're going to lose things there but yeah. you can connect into whatever is generating it so if we come back to that kind of website example you could connect into the uh, a database where you're extracting your contents from google analytics whatever else you're using to manage it you're not manually plying in those data and putting extra effort in for people all people are 
they're doing is going, oh, that's a number. I can leave a comment and update that and provide that on a regular basis. So the aim is to make this not an annual process that you sit there and go, now, what was it I promised I, I was going to do? This should be regular there as part of your one-to-ones. Every single time you're having those one-to-ones, do those check-in and provide updates from it. And that's then built in towards everyone thinking the same way. Well, that's what makes those, uh, you're, that's a great point is, and I was going to get to that about uh, if for a manager who manages people, when you're having those one-on-ones, this can be the basis for those discussions of, uh, and so as changes are happening in the organization, because that's the other aspect of that. It also having this kind of platform like Viva Goals in place allows when changes happen, market changes, uh, your mm. company acquires another business and and needs to quickly change and you know, kind of proliferate those changes throughout the organization, um, it, it, you could do it much more quickly because I know that, hey, I've been driving towards these KPIs. Here's what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis to drive towards those KPIs. Now you've landed something new on my desk, uh, some new tasks that I need to do for this other, for this new initiative, but I have a better sense of where it fits in, where it fits with my current set of tasks, what the priorities are which with each of those things. So I could come to you, Kevin, my manager and say, you're going to hand me this new thing. It's a high priority. Here's what else I'm doing. Is there anything you can take off my plate? You're, it's much easier to yeah. have that conversation because of the prioritization of those things um, the, the, without that. But then you can also, at a team level, when you pull together your, your 10 direct reports on a monthly basis and we go through and review, you have a better sense of the progress we're making against the year, um, the, the, with, with the activities, how it's rolling up to what Satya said at the executive level. Um, so it, it's, it's, you're having much more meaningful conversations about the progress that the team's actually making. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think linked with that is it's not just your team. One of the, the big things, and again, it comes back to a bit like SharePoint, it should be transparent. You should be able to see everyone else's OKRs as well. So you can see where there's alignment, not just within your own kind of tower of the hierarchy, it's connected to other departments. We're both looking to, to get the same outcome. Let's align our OKRs between these two different departments. And that transparency is key. It's there by default in Viva Goals. Again, like SharePoint, you can lock things down and say, no, I don't want people to see that. So if you, if you have an individual OKR that may be to kind of take over another team, for example, that you don't want everyone else to know about, but is a kind of longer term goal, you can still track that and make that private. But generally, the intention is to make things as open as possible. And I, I loved it. I know we can't talk too much about what goes on on the MVP summit, but one of the comments that two teams that were there made from Microsoft were, we we have a shared OKR to make this happen. And it was nothing to do with Viva Goals or even Viva that session. And it just kind of, that phrase stuck with me. It's like the, they are being driven within that kind of core focus to say we are both doing this to this thing together in two different departments and yeah i think you and i know very well that doesn't always happen all the time at microsoft well, so well, to hear that messaging was fantastic you know there's something i've always said is i work in a lot in the channel and working with partners and one of the things that, that you know as a former microsoft employee one of the things that i've always said is the secret to working with microsoft is the individuals that you're working with is asking them 
what their commitments are, asking them what their yeah. OKRs are, yeah, I agree. Uh, and then aligning yourself with those. If you can, if you're trying to get the attention of a Microsoft person and you can say, I can help you meet or exceed your commitments for this year, their ears will perk up because they're driven by, you know, that. So they, mm. it, 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 so you can go and have those conversations uh, and be very open about what, once you understand what those commitments are. And that it's the same thing. It's it's a shared commitment. Then it becomes, hey, I'm helping you achieve. It's aligns. I have the same goal, uh, and people are more likely to work with you when you approach the conversation from that standpoint. Think about that within yeah. your own company. If you go to yeah, somebody and absolutely. say, hey, I understand this is what your your KPI is, and if you work with me on this, I think that you can hit your KPI three months early, like that number that and, you're hitting you for know- the year you know what it is by having it in that shared transparent area. You can see, you don't have to always have that conversation when you're working in an organization, you know what they're trying to achieve and you can say how you can try and achieve things together, which is really, really powerful. And I think from, from speaking to clients, one of the big things that, that we're seeing with them is that with a pandemic and the shift towards more hybrid working from there, silos have become stronger and stronger that you're kind of seeing departments working very well together, but those kind of bumping into other areas and connecting with them, that needs a lot more work. And many organizations aren't kind of pushing that. This allows that, that encourages that, or at least says to people, look, we are trying to achieve the same thing. Here's a natural place for us to to shift and work together. So if you're feeling that silos are happening with your organization, then bringing that OKR framework is a really good way to try and merge those things together and say, actually, we should be working towards the same thing, which is that top org goal on there. Let's work together to achieve that rather than kind of fighting uh, against the different elements. And Kevin, I know you said, uh, you know, I mean, uh, uh, and, and I agree, uh, bring in the experts to if you're going to embark on something new like this, but does Microsoft have kind of prescribed uh, methodology? Does it, do we, are there resources out on the adoption site yet for goals? Yeah. Um, there's fantastic stuff. So adoption.microsoft.com, f- follow links through to Viva, and there's a whole load of content there about the the why and how you get this out to people on there. Uh, learn.microsoft.com. The interesting thing I find out Viva Goals is the technical aspect is really easy. Um, we're doing a, a workshop um, at ESPC um, at the end of November, and part of that is to get people moving with turning on Viva goals. And really we can turn it on, enable it and get people creating OKRs in about 30 minutes um, from provisioning the license from there. So the technical aspect, yes, you want to think about permissioning. Yes, you, there, there are wider things around the architecture, rolling that out to people. Really it's about the how though. And on learn.microsoft.com, it's got how to set things up, but it's also got a whole load of sections on how to write good OKRs, how to think about how you cascade this down. It's got a lot of that, not just the the adoption side, how you support other people doing it, but how you as an individual can become an OKR champion. Um, Really, really good content there. I went through the training uh, from the former ally.io team that Mm -hmm. set it up, and it's really interesting training and that they've now made that available to everyone everyone um through learn and the adoption site so yes I, I i would say yes go and speak to a consultant 
purely because the second you speak to someone else, everyone else listens to them. It doesn't matter how many times you're in an organization, try and bang that drum and how good it is. If you pay a load of money, suddenly everyone listens to them saying the same thing as, as well. But no, you're right. There is a lot of good material to go and learn a lot of that stuff yourself as well. Well, like, like anything, it's, um, and this is a great example. I mean, we're internally, we're, we're piloting, like uh, you know, pilot, 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 go. And it's, yeah. it's something that, to your point, I mean, you have to learn how to write good OKRs uh, and go through that process. That's probably the steepest curve for this. Yeah. And you're not going to be perfect to the first time out. What's what's beautiful about this is that, again, you can refine it over time and you can go and improve those things, but it's good to, you know, get your feet in the water to get started moving on Absolutely. that. So yeah, uh, final thoughts. Uh, I, th I think the key thing is get moving with Viva Goals. Uh, if you want to learn out more, check out that adoption site, check out Microsoft Learn. Um, if you want to see what's happening, check out the Viva Explorers, vivaexplorers.com. We've got plenty of sessions talking about Viva Goals uh, up on there. I know Carolina Kitakari's um, talking about Viva Goals at the festive uh, was it the festive tech calendar that Greg or Suti runs? So there's lots of things, lots of people talking about it out there. So hear what's going on. Um, it's an amazing podcast. If you look, if you search for OKRs around podcasts, there's some really good ones on there. Cheers to get you thinking about that stuff. But yeah, get with it and um, let us know how you get on as well. Excellent. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much for having me and uh, look forward to seeing you in Copenhagen next week. You've been listening to the Collab Talk podcast. New episodes are published every Friday, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and most other podcast services. Thanks for listening. <laughs>